Welcome to another season of Reckoning. I'm Ingrid, and I'm here to ask questions, discuss, and dig into conversations about death, dying, grief, and loss, however that shows up. My hope is that by having open and honest conversations about these often taboo or overwhelming topics, that we can be part of a cultural shift towards relating to them with more awareness, wonder, humility, togetherness, and perhaps even appreciation. Death is a part of life, and I think that by ignoring or hiding from it, we make it harder and lonelier and scarier to walk through our experiences with it. So thanks for being brave and vulnerable with me as we explore and learn and grow together in this process. I'm really glad you're here. Let's do some reckoning. Today's interview is with Michael, and not just a conversation about one particular loss in his life, but instead an exploration into a number of different deaths, taking notes about how each of those has had a different impact or gone differently or felt differently, and how the result is such a wide range of lessons and ideas and beliefs and new ways of being in the world because of those experiences. So a delightful broad view of this thread of death and loss and how that flavors and colors and informs our lives. Plus, we get a special treat of a debut of a poem written by his friend several decades ago. So kind of a unique offering to have these words shared with us. Thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure. For this project. Um, I am starting a new process of starting the interviews by just asking people, like, how do you identify? Like, are there are there certain things about yourself that you feel like really are who you are? <laughs> Silence. Um, even, I, yeah, even simple things like I live in Portland or I do this for work or I'm, you know. Well, I live in Portland and I'm. Uh, you know, I own my own business, and I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Bending Light Studio, okay. which we talked about earlier. Yeah, you're telling yeah. you you repair and make and build windows. Yeah, architectural glass. Yeah. So most of these are, are letter zinc windows. Um, I repair them, or I can make new ones to match you know, uh, old structures. So yeah. if you go down um, Peacock Lane, for instance, you'll oh. see a bunch of Tudor houses. Okay. And they have windows that are 100 years old plus and they have some windows that aren't because I put them in there you put them there yeah or I built them at least yeah and they've been put there beautiful so, beautiful yeah. cool and we were just talking we live really close to each other as mm -hmm. it turns out just a few blocks away yeah and it sounds like you've been a part of this community and we're currently in the Hollywood library and you used to work here and I worked at the, <laughs> well I worked at the old Hollywood library which is where we were talking earlier about the Fleur de Lis Bakery, which is fantastic. And that used to be the Hollywood Branch Library. Yeah. I don't know, up until about 10, 15 years ago. I'm not sure. I may have worked in this building. I may not have. But I've spent time in this neighborhood. I, I used to live in, in the neighborhood as well. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. And 
you know, I got connected with you through a dear friend of mine who used to be your neighbor, Carolina. So shout out to her for putting us in touch. <laughs> Thank you, Caro. <laughs> Hello, Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so, yeah. And so I think, you know, your name came up as someone who would be open to having a conversation about some of the loss and grief in your life. She specifically mentioned your cat. Um, but so I'm curious where you want to start, like if there is a specific loss you want to talk about or. Yeah, uh, she was, she, yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of deaths that I've experienced, a lot of really close people. In fact, on one side of my family, I am the only person left for, I think, four generations. Mm. So, I mean, most of them didn't have kids. So, that, that's one reason. Um, but Caro knew uh, my cat, Lulu, who was mm. a full female tabby who lived to be 18 years old. And I think that's why she, she suggested me. And um, she liked Lulu, and Lulu and I were very close, and she got to watch the final process. Aww. She was nearby for it. And, um, yeah, I think that's why she suggested Lulu. Lulu and I were very close. Okay. And um, I mean, 18 years, how could you not get close to yeah. someone in your life for that long? Right. Well, she was actually, I knew her for 16 years. She was okay. a girl. I had a girlfriend, and she was the girlfriend's cat. The girlfriend moved to Afghanistan. I didn't want to move to Afghanistan, mm -hmm. and, which is better. And so Lulu, uh, she got her from the pound and she'd been adopted, taken back, adopted, taken back. She was a difficult cat okay. um, early on. And so I couldn't do that to her again. Mm -hmm. So I adopted her. Okay. And uh, one of the better decisions I've ever made. Mm. Right. And uh, she had renal failure at the end Aww. and it was sad but um i had a really powerful experience with her the last two days she and i think this is common with the cat lulu didn't want to come out from behind the couch Aww. or she would hide under right, right. the cupboard cupboard and i think that's really common i read sure. because they're just not feeling well they don't yeah. want to interact yeah yeah so i knew that time was was short and the vet basically said there, and I took it for a lot of medica medication for the last couple of years. And they said, you know, it's not gonna, gonna last. Yeah. And she's gonna not be in good shape. So I decided one morning to, it was like, it's, it's now. And I called and somebody was gonna come in two hours. And I really wanted Lulu to come out from under the cupboard, mm. but she didn't feel well. Mm. So I just knew something, I knew I needed to do something. And so I opened the cupboard door and she looked at me and I laid my head on the ground mm. and I looked at her. And then I just started to look at her and say all the things out loud that we did oh. and all the things she loved to do. So I would say something like we'd look at birds in the window or kibbles. We'd eat kibbles. Uh -huh. And remember that time? I'd say, remember that time? And she seemed pretty alert to it. And I'll tell you, it went on for about a half an hour and I just named one thing after the other that she liked to eat or things that we saw or places that we lived or people we knew mm. and places I scratched her and the mm. neck and the pets and the vets and all the things. And that just felt very powerful. I love that. And then I poured her some of the kibble because she had her teeth removed. I took her teeth out because they, yeah. you know, it made it, she loved it because she felt a lot better. And um, she came out and ate kibble. 
and walked to the living room and I opened the front door and she looked outside and and she sat with me for a little bit and then the person came mm. and we said goodbye. Aww. Yeah. Aww. That's beautiful. What a what a beautiful story, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think like wouldn't wouldn't we all love to go out that way to have someone just lay with us and <laughs> and say like let's review let's review all the things you know like and yeah. it is incredible so many years like there's a lot that gets shared and experienced together and yeah, yeah. so what a loving way to just have some intimate moments together yeah it was it was wonderful and it felt right and I knew it was coming for two or three years and I prepared for it mm-hmm. um, I mean, I spent all my time thinking about her, her dying, but I did look, you know, I have sort of an altar uh, mm-hmm. meditation prayer area okay. and I, I got my statue of the goddess. And at one point I said, you know what? I'm really thankful for her and I'm going to make it um, part of my life's work to, to let her know that. Yeah. And I told her I loved her every day. And that was a very fortunate, uh, this kind of, I guess, segues a little bit. Uh, that was a, an easier death that I experienced. Mm. Um, but I'll continue to talk about other ones. Of course. Okay. Yeah, take us wherever. Yeah. My, I had a wonderful mother. She mm-hmm. was an amazing, amazing person, incredibly talented. Um, loved me very much. But her, she had uh, heart failure, mm. and she was in Hopewell House, right? Um, hospice for a long time, and mm-hmm. then didn't pass after a year in hospice and went back home. Mm -hmm. And um, that lasted a long time. Mm. And I was very present for most of it, but towards the end, it was very difficult for Mm. me. Mm. And one day at home, she had probably close to about a month before she passed, I... I spent time with a higher power and said, you know, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And the next day, she went Mm -hmm. downhill. And she was in bad shape before that, but she went downhill. Mm. And I love her dearly, and I loved her dearly. And I got a call uh, that and she was getting, going to go back into hospice yeah. because she couldn't live at home. And for that last month, she was in medical care in different places. Mm-hmm. And I got a call to come up to OHSU. And we, she was in the room and, and they basically told her her kidneys were shutting down. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember she looked at the doctor and she said, are there any miracles? He was honest. I said, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Mm. And then they left and they told her that they were going to give her morphine and then she would uh, at some point uh, not be conscious and go out. Mm -hmm. And the last... The last thing she said to me was, I thought you wanted me to... Mm. And that was it. And of course, I felt mm. pretty guilty because oh, yeah. her her turn went right after that, which yeah. 
wasn't what I was asking for. And, and I, I know that my mom would never say that a second time. And I think this is important to know. And I'm 100% confident mm -hmm. of that. That sometimes people will leave us. And it may not be like it was with Lulu or mm -hmm. my friend Josh, which I might, might talk about. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been it's been difficult mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. I've come to terms with that. Yeah. And um, I've had lots of friends that came up and mm. all came and said goodbye to her, but she was in a coma at that point. Mm. And um, I had to deal with that for a while, how to, yeah. how to process those last words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm a spiritual person and I feel that she's spoken to me many times since in her own way. And I'm comfortable with it. And there were things that happened after the fact that mm. that made me feel a lot better. Mm. But I'm a person who had to experience that kind of parting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, thank you for sharing that sort of spectrum, right? Of, I mean, death can look all sorts of different ways, and I think, um, I think there often can be even within like having conversations about death and dying, I think there can be this pressure for people for it to look a certain way or feel a certain way. Yeah. Or, um, and it, it's such a poignant reminder that like there can also be grief that isn't just associated with that person's dead, but the grief associated with how, yeah, how things end up in the relationship at the end. And, um, and that's, yeah, that's a vulnerable thing to share. And I really appreciate you sure. just going right yeah. there with it. Um, and I, yeah, I'm really struck by, you know, I think often I'm, I'm struck by this this story of how she lingered, it sounds like, for quite a long time. And I think it makes sense that there can be this like fatigue and exhaustion of kind of waiting for with bated breath for like a year, two years, just kind of like you pause all your plans and you kind of hang around, you're kind of waiting for this end to come and then it doesn't and it doesn't and it doesn't and it it seems really human and makes a lot of sense to me that at some point you would be like, when, when is this going to happen? You know, like we yeah. said goodbye a thousand times, I'm sure, you know, and we did say goodbye a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. and her diagnosis was for, you know, six months, sure. maybe a year. And yeah. then it goes to longer and which is great. Actually, mm -hmm. a lot of it was, was, was wonderful time. Yeah, it was just right. exhausting towards the end. I'm sure. But, yeah. but I, I, I use that. Um, experience to try to be a better human being mm, mm, <laughs> and to understand other people and understand my mom. Right, 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 right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I feel like that there's also this phenomenon of like, I think it's called recency bias, where it's like the thing that happened most recently really flavors, you know, so it could have been many wonderful years and then just to have the last words be something that feel kind of painful. Sure. Yeah. It's hard not to flavor all the other parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, and I just know she was scared. Yeah. And I, I was told by a lot of people, she was really, the reason she, I, True or not, I don't know. One of the reasons she stuck around so long is she just wanted to make sure I was okay. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people told me that. And I don't think, I didn't, I don't think it was because I said, this is the way that she passed. Yeah. But, but um, and she died December 18th. Mm -hmm. And she and my aunt had this joke. And I'll talk about my aunt in a second. Uh, where they said, whoever they were, whoever was dies 
first. It's going to die around Christmas time. Okay. So we can ruin the holidays for the other forever. Oh <laughs> it was God. a joke, right? Amazing. Uh, their sense of humor. And so she, she passed December 18th, which was right before Christmas. Yeah. Um, and then, then the next day after she died, and I wasn't there when she died. I went home. Okay. Um, and I was told sometimes people won't leave if you don't leave the room. It's true. And, yeah, I've heard that too. And I don't know. I kind of wish I'd been there, but I yeah. wasn't. They called me back up to the hospital, and I remember calling my aunt. But um, was that? Do you feel like that's part of your grief too? Is like not having mm, been there, or maybe I, I don't know actually. Mm. Uh, other people's experiences are, or yours are, but my grief changes depending where I am in my life. Absolutely, yes. Thank my you perspective on wellness is yes. is different, right? So, I mean, I did a process at one point where I was after this. I did a lot of drinking, and I, you know, the, I'm not an awful person, but but my selfishness was was present. And um, later on, when I'd say that I was really turning my life around, uh, I I was studying some Buddhism, and I think it's uh, Tongan, the sending and receiving, right? Mm. So I had these, these views of time, like maybe there is some sort of time travel, maybe even psychic feelings that people have is just the fact that time operates in a way that we don't always understand. And mm -hmm. so I, I went to the area where I can focus and meditate and I put myself back into that room, mm. but not so much in my own person, but whispering things to my mom mm. about, and I, I absolutely felt certain that I was there. It's like, hey, you know what? I love you, you're loved, all the things that you'd want to mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. you're gonna be okay. I'm okay in the future. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt, or I feel to this day, that that actually worked. I've, and I, when I went out the front door, it was a sunny day. Afterwards, I felt lighter. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it did something I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it made a difference. Mm -hmm. So I, where before I thought she was alone, potentially, you know, mm -hmm. alone when she died, interior I no longer feel that way mm -hmm. and I imagine I wasn't the only one or the only way that that happened for her yeah well yeah. I find there's a few things that I find profound about what you're saying one is this concept that like grief is not a static thing that it's not like well this is what my grief is and this is what it looks like that it evolves and changes over time yeah. and that we can engage with it and you know and to do some of that you know, what I guess I would call work around it, right? We're like, okay, I'm going to intentionally, you know, work with some of this and bring it back up again and, and try some new practices. I think is, I think it's really profound and important. Um, and then I also, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by, and I love that idea of like, we get to revisit these experiences that we had and yeah. kind of put new energy into them or, or retell them in a different way or revisit them. And I, I think there is, it sounds like in your experience, there's real healing in that. Yeah, real healing. You know, so I, I, healing because there's time, for one, mm -hmm. and I have thought about it, mm -hmm. and, and I don't hide from these things. I did for a while, mm -hmm. you know. The first thing I did was start collecting wine because drinking was easy to, mm -hmm. to not have to deal with stuff. 
my aunt, when she passed, and she had a similar experience. She was in a care facility and she had some mental illness issues and emotional illness issues. But I mean, she was a functioning person. Mm -hmm. She could talk about stuff. And um, she said to me, you just want me to die. This, so it's the oh, second time, but wow. this is not, okay. but this is, this isn't, this isn't uh, at her death, which okay. I'll explain that in a second. But it was, she was in this care facility. Huh. She was very heavy uh -huh. and she couldn't move anymore. Mm -hmm. And she, I think she was agoraphobic. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of issues. And I said to her, it's like, because she was conscious, it wasn't on her deathbed. And I said, no, not at all. I want you to get out of that damn bed. Yeah. You know, so I want you to fully understand where I'm having a difficulty with mm -hmm. where we are this. When she died, she had a stroke about two days before she passed. Mm -hmm. I, she was starting to deteriorate. She was in a care facility. She didn't want to eat. And I said, you need to eat something. So she tried and it wasn't staying down. Mm -hmm. And then she couldn't really speak. And they said, we think, you know, she's starting to collapse her being or mm -hmm. whatever. And so they said, I think we think she's had a stroke. Mm. But her, so I was there for a couple of days and her final night, she passed in the morning after I was gone. Her final night, she just kept saying to me over and over and over again, I love you. Mm. Mm. I love you. I love you. And I don't think I ever told her about mom mm -hmm. and what mom said. I don't know if it's the, the roll of the dice, but she chose to go out with, I'm not comparing the two in terms of like one is the right way to do it and one sure. isn't. Sure. I hope I do it like my aunt did. But it was like, wow, okay. I really, that was a learning thing mm -hmm. for me. And it was also really helpful mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because... She told me she loved me over yeah. and over. And also for her, God, for her own spirit yeah. to be able to like say, these are going to be the words on my lips. Absolutely. Yeah. And such an interesting, yeah, like our, you know, different family relationships, you know, how they can bring up different elements of, of growth or learning. And, you know, it sounds like your mom's death, while very difficult, also, you know, gave you so much opportunity to to grow and learn or like introspect yeah. or process some things that. Um, you know, and then your aunt was able to give you all this like sweet and loving, yeah, experience too. So. Yeah, they're both very, very important and very different. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I was lucky there. So, yeah. uh, um, well, my aunt didn't give me another holiday passing. Oh, so she did. No, that was great. She, <laughs> she waited until the spring. It was ten years ago, actually, okay. That, okay. that she wow. passed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and which it, it, it unburned my life quite a bit, I'll be honest with you. Uh -huh. And um, mm -hmm. I think she knew that was going to happen. 
So, and then I, I think I told you earlier, and maybe we can talk about this. I lost two incredibly important people to yeah. me this past yes. fall and winter. Lots of losses. And yeah. um, they were kind of on both ends of the spectrum okay. as well. Yeah. So even today, that's not always the perfect death. Right, right. Different kinds Different of deaths. Different kinds of deaths. Experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you want to tell me about your friends? Yeah, I kind of would like to. Um, I lost my best friend from high school, Joseph, and he took his own life sometime in the fall. I'm not sure when, probably in October. Like just this past fall? Uh, yeah, this past autumn. And um, within a month, uh, I lost another great, great dear friend, my friend Josh, who was my teacher in mm. glass arts oh, right. and in in some sense was the older brother I never had mm. and I always wanted and it was just it's an incredible incredible person and so I kind of got that one two punch mm. this holiday season Thanksgiving and, and Christmas mm. and um, they were really different for for probably what are they probably partially because of the people they were mm -hmm. at the end of their lives mm -hmm. and um I'll start with Josh, who died later. I was included in his dying process. He had some complications with illness. This summer he was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And they said, you don't have a long to live. He stopped doing glass arts. I opened my own business. And he got weaker and weaker. Mm -hmm. And I was called by his husband, Bill, mm -hmm. to join them for... Well, to help him, really, because mm -hmm. Josh was at hospice at home okay. in December, and he said, I don't know what to do. Mm. Uh, I can't get him up and out of bed. He's always in pain. Mm. And so I went over to be part of that. And uh, to shorten it a little bit, he it was always perked up when I was there, and we would take shifts. One night would be Bill, and then one night I would take the shift. And we even knew that was going to be too difficult, so we called in a caregiver who was mm -hmm. going to come and begin the day that, that uh, Josh died. But I was with him that night, and I was with him uh, when he died. And it was a really beautiful morning. He was having trouble breathing for a, a number of days. Mm -hmm. He had, was having lung issues. And that morning, I was with him. His, his breathing became easier and easier. Mm -hmm. And this happened when my grandmother died. Mm -hmm. As he came, because my family was around her, this is on my dad's side of the family, we all knew the moment she was going to pass. We were all mm -hmm. together, mm -hmm. and we just moved forward as one. It was just this amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Well, I knew it. I got close to him, and I knew that he was about to pass. Mm -hmm. And all night I was telling him I loved him and how proud we all were mm -hmm. of him. And I got close, and I, I said it again. I love you, and I will take care of Bill, because that was very important to Josh, that his husband would be taken care of. And I said, well, look after him. And I said to him, I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And I learned this when I was spent a lot of time at Hopewell House. I said, I'm going to leave the room for a couple of minutes. I'm going to go in the kitchen. And you can go whenever you want. Okay? It's perfectly fine. I'll be okay. And uh, mm -hmm. Bill will be okay. But I'm going to come back. So I left the room a couple of minutes. And it was time to go back in. And when I walked in, there was... No sound. Mm. And then he took one last breath. Mm. And he let it out. And that was it. 
and he, he waited, I think, for me to come right back, and he mm -hmm. was ready to go. And then shortly after, the sun came up, and mm. I went and I, I told Bill, and uh, it was beautiful. It was a, an amazing experience, and I got to uh, be a part of his Zoom memorial, and I didn't mm. like that it was Zoom, sure. but yeah. but I can't thank Bill enough. He made me an important part of the family before, mm. and he made me an important part of this process afterwards, and I got to tell the world how much I loved him, and it was mm. really great. Mm. And that was almost like an ideal death, if there is one. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is it, people coming together and right. care coming together yeah. and his passing being fairly easy mm -hmm. and fairly quick. Very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, and That's yeah. one of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just whole range of ways that it can happen and what it can look like and what age someone could be and what their, like, illness might, you know, how that yeah. might impact what it looks like and who that's around them. And something else I'm really noticing as you're telling these stories is this, you, it's like there's a real attention to what gets said in those moments, you know, like what people say to each other oh, yeah. and what, oh, yeah. what they say to others and how that's received. And yeah, that sounds like, I mean, I think that is a very elemental point or part of a dying process, right? It's like last words or important things to say to people. And, I think yeah. it is. I think it is. And, and yeah. I'm concerned or have been concerned, I think that in the moment that those words are spoken, the right words. And I've been very fortunate because I have been in situations like with Josh where it's like, and with Lulu, honestly, it was like, oh my, ah, whoa, right. what kind of blessing here? What kind of grace is being given? Because I don't know why I'm able to say the things I'm saying, mm -hmm. but they seem right. And my mom was an example of that not being right. Mm -hmm. I will say at her funeral, um, I got up to tell a story and I'm not in, the, I, I brought her, mm. um, I brought photos. Somebody, yeah. a really good friend of mine, Melissa, said, you should bring photos. And Aww, I didn't know. Yeah. And so I went up into uh, the attic today. Oh, I love that. And I got a bunch of blessings today, mm. which I guess I'll share. Yeah, I'd love um, to. Looking for some photos, I came across my mom's, um, well, couple, what was it, colleagues? Like, I guess it's service. Mm -hmm. it listed, I'm not even listed in there speaking. Uh -huh. And they left me out because they knew it might be too difficult. And it wasn't. Yeah. And so I got up to tell a story. And it was the rainiest day you can imagine. Hmm. And everybody, and it was three weeks after her death because of the holiday. And uh, the, I get up to speak. And the moment I tell this story about this heron that I saw the day, um, the morning after she died, the sun come, came out. It's the only time some came out all day <laughs> that somebody decided to take down the blinds and it's blocked the sun because it was shining on me. But it was an amazing moment. And everybody mm. came up afterwards and said, that was, I don't know why they put the blinds down, but mm. that was just incredible. Mm. The moment you got up to speak. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that was my mom mm. shining. Now that's yeah. the way I see it. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, there was a, a, there was a note or there was an envelope when I was going through her stuff today. Mm. And I'm glad my friend Melissa, thank you again, told mm -hmm. me to go up and take a look. And it was an unopened letter. And it's actually a Christmas card from my ex-wife, which was from that Christmas. I guess I never opened it because of all the stuff going yeah. on. But, and I feel like my mom leaves me gifts like this. But when I popped it open, it's this beautiful mm -hmm. card yeah. of, of mother and child. Yeah. And I think I needed to see that today. Mm. Hmm. You know, maybe my mom kept that sealed for me all this right, time. Right. So that was a gift. The day to revisit some of those. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. It happened today when I wanted to bring these pictures to her for a talk. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, I got lucky that. there. Yeah, yeah. And I just appreciate you were sharing this, you know, before we started the interview, but just, you know, that you, in preparation for this conversation, you were like, I'm going to revisit some of these memories and think about some of these things and, you know, what a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, somebody, like I said, somebody told me, hey, if you're going to do this podcast, because I had mentioned it, you should, you should go get some pictures and photos and yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, and it's helpful for me too, to like have some visuals and this yeah. is the people that we're talking about and yeah, like I mentioned, if it's okay, I'll maybe take a few photos of those and I can put them on the... Yeah, that would be great. I'd love it. And um, I would love it. Yeah. The other person who died was my best friend from high school, right. Joseph, and he took his own life. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, it, it, his death was so inevitable because mm. of the state he was in. But at the same time, it, it, it just shocked me to I'm numbness. Sure, yeah. So with, with Josh, I was able to process right away. Mm -hmm. And with Joseph, I almost didn't cry at all mm -hmm. until this weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it finally came out. Mm -hmm. So I can say this. Sometimes it just takes a while. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was cleaning house and saw um, a space on the wall. And I thought, and I noticed in my bedroom, my, my art is mainly faces. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Joseph, he had faces everywhere. We always talk about it on his walls. And there was a spot for a new work of art. And I thought, maybe I should get a face. And it made me think of Joseph. The next day when I was cleaning, his journals at the end of his life were really dark. Mm. He wrote poetry. And they were just, it's just very painful. Mm. And I have them. And, and I started moving them to clean house. And this book that he gave me fell out. And he, this is his poetry from early mm. in his life. And I started reading it. It was from when he was bright mm. and hopeful. Mm. And I decided to take, because we we're going to meet to decide to take it to work and read it throughout the day. And I didn't know this was here. In this book is his epitaph, wrote my epitaph. Oh, and he wow. wrote it... Um, February 16th, 1989. Oh, wow. And I didn't cry for Joseph until this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it. And it, I, I, he didn't come to my mind in the last few days. He's been present. Mm. I can remember his smile and his laugh. Mm. And I hear it all the time. Mm. And his friend Stephanie, who is his other friend, called me the other day. And she was wonderful. I can't thank her enough. And said, you should say something about Joseph to, during this. And I saw this, and I didn't know. Can I read it? Uh, please. I mean, if that feels like a good way to honor him, and if yeah, I would, that would be delightful. I'd love to do it. And um, I read it a couple times today, and I, and I don't think I ever read this. Wow. And the fact that it came out today was also a blessing. Absolutely. And, and so it's called My Epitaph, and he wrote it in 1989. Wrote it in 1989. Amazing. So, and he'd always talked about me having his poetry, or maybe doing something with it, or mm -hmm. I don't know, but... This was his epitaph, so uh, I'd like to read it. And um, I'm glad I found it today. Really lucky. Mm. So it says, There is and there is no pain, and I, I sit alone atop a ruddy hilltop upon a thorny stone. Raven flies on the eastern wind, bringing night and mother moon, guardian of my, guardian of my spirit, for I've gone to be made anew. Mm. So say your prayers to heaven. While you hold your fears of hell, I live within my God. I existed before the angels fell. I am ancient, 
I am old, waiting for my final fate. That's another beginning, a wind whispering through space. And that is my brother Joseph's epitaph, and I found it wow. today. I'm honored that that you would share that here and that you found it today. And like, what a beautiful, I know. what a beautiful offering and what beautiful words. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you for letting me say that. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And thank you to him for writing that. I mean, what an incredible thing to write that. Yeah. You know, many years ago, well before his his end. You know, that's pretty. Yeah, and once again, I'm not sure why why he put it in there, and I'm not sure why I didn't know it was there until today. Mm -hmm. um, but Stephanie said, you know, you have to say something about him, and I have to thank her. Mm -hmm. And um, she and I are going to spread his ashes soon. Mm -hmm. And and she called me for I haven't heard from her. This good friend of his, and um, she called me and said, okay, I, I I haven't been able to let him go. And she called. Was it yesterday? And I, and I told her I just bought this painting, which reminded me of him. And I said, I'm glad you called today. I'm going to this podcast. Mm. And she says, we'll, we'll talk about him. you got to talk about him. Yeah, so. yeah. And do you feel comfortable sharing, like, where you were going to spread his ashes? Or do you have a plan for well, what that will look like? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Joseph, I have a wicked sense of humor. And Joseph had a <laughs> wicked sense of humor as well. And years ago, about 30 years ago, my ex-wife and I bought him a flute from Saturday Market. And please, folks, trust me, he's going to love this. Um, <laughs> so St Steph and I are going to take his, but we're going to take his ashes to the coast. And we are going to f put some of those ashes in that flute. Okay. <laughs> and blow our good dear friend out to sea. I love it. And he, 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 he'll be laughing the whole time. Mm. And we're going to get uh uh, spread the ashes in a couple of different places. Okay. And his mom died about five years ago, and we have some of her ashes, and we're going to take them as well. And unfortunately, her death, I think, was the thing that put him... Mm. He couldn't process that. Mm -hmm. And I think that pushed him to a state where he needed to go. Yeah. So you'll spread some of their ashes together? We'll spread some of their ashes together wow, as well. Or wherever seems appropriate. Yeah. And so he liked the coast a lot, or you all spent time there together? Or I think it's important to Stephanie like... for there. Yeah. Yeah, I think she has reasons for the coast. Mm -hmm. um, and she has some reasons for, I believe, some place near Bend. Okay. Maybe a river there. Yeah. He's a water guy. Okay. So yeah. I think it was a cancer. So maybe that's a water sign. I really don't know. I don't know, but I don't know. I, but you know, I think it's interesting that we're often so drawn to these, like to the ocean or to the water. Like, there's something about water that feels very symbolic in terms of where we like let people go and let their ashes go and kind of be taken. And yeah, yeah. So I mean, intuitively, that feels like, of course, of course, yeah. you go to the coast or a river, you know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's going to make me laugh. So I, I, I think his his intention to have me inhale a little bit. So yeah. be prepared for for that kind of story to come up later. So, I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, might happen. Have you ever seen The Big Lebowski? Yeah, it made me think of it. Yes, that, that scene with the <laughs> the coffee can. I mean, there is something really important, I think, about, um, yeah, just having some lightness and some humor yeah, about these yeah, things. That's yeah. really great. <laughs> yes. And I'm really, I, once again, I'm very fortunate again, and I'm glad that this, this happened. Um, mm. And I have, you know, I've had a lot of friends who've been very helpful. And I think, I, you know, I hope everybody that goes through this has these opportunities. When I when I got the word about Joseph, my, my very good friend, Jason, my another best friend, he was out of town and I was watching his nephew and he came back that Sunday night, two days after I found out. 
and I said, I've got, I got some news for you. When everybody ups, went upstairs, I said, Joseph took his life and uh, I got to go over there tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. he had some cats and I had to make sure they were, I always told yeah. him I'd take care of these cats. Mm-hmm. And I'd make sure they were alive. And J- uh, Jason was just smart. He says, well, I'm, I need to go with you. Mm-hmm. I think you need another person there. Oh. And that was very wise. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So I had somebody looking out for me. And yeah. I hope that people do or you know, be right. aware of that. Having that support in those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And especially to enter someone's home, I feel like there's, yeah, there's just a lot of memories that can come up and yeah. 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 I'm really glad that you had a friend with you for that. Yeah. So, very fortunate. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I feel like in all of these stories that you're sharing, you're, you, you're expressing gratitude, you know, regardless of the details, like there's just this response of feeling mm-hmm. grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if there's any way that you could articulate, like, what you think, um, like, is that just part of your personality to feel grateful for things? Or is there something about these losses that has, like, kind of created some gratitude for you? Or That's a, I, I love that. I like that. Um, I think it's part of my personality now. Mm-hmm. But I think that developed because of the deaths. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they're pro- profoundly influential. Mm-hmm. My mom's death is special, especially. I had to pro- I had to figure out how am I going to get through this? Yeah. How am I going to do this and not be wrecked? Yeah. Because I think that that was a possibility for me because mm-hmm. it was really difficult. And she was so important to me. Mm-hmm. And that I just made a decision that this is going to come out right somehow. And I'm going to honor her because even if it were true, that she thought I wanted her to die. Mm-hmm. And maybe even she went out in a way that was incredibly painful. I was going to do whatever I could, you know, however I understood at the time and since, to, to make her proud of me and to make mm. to try to make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. Just in any way. You know, I don't feel responsible for other people. It's just like What's the difference I can make? Mm-hmm. That death was very important for it. And, and other deaths since. And mm-hmm. each one of those, uh, I don't know what it is, but every important person that has passed since, including my mom, some part of their personality seems to start to shine in me. Mm-hmm. I was My mom's better qualities, I exhibit some of them now. My Uncle Bob, who's who died, his qualities that I don't think I showed before their deaths. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was a reflection or it was a gift from them mm-hmm. or it's just how people affect us. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, just the sweetest person. I'm not saying I'm the sweetest person, <laughs> but, but I became sweeter yeah. than I was before. Yeah. Things about my aunt, hmm. things about Josh. Mm-hmm. I start to notice them in myself. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just the noticing. I don't know, and that's a blessing as well. That's but it was at mom's death, and yeah. I've I've taken I've made a decision to take these experiences yeah. and spend time with them, talk mm-hmm. about them. Yeah, I talked about them a lot, by the way. So yeah, yeah, I love that, and I'm glad that you I'm glad that you have and are able to talk about them here with me. I know we just met, you know, and <laughs> yes. and like who knows, you know, who's gonna listen to this that you sure. know, we don't know, but I. Um, yeah, I just think that's a really beautiful way to think about, yeah, these like legacies that people leave behind are in us, you know, and that we get to carry them in us and with us. And 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, look for them. Definitely look for them because yeah. you might discover that they're there. Yeah. And even if you don't notice it, I mean, it may happen to other people. I, I just think it's important. I think that's a really sweet way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. And maybe that's your the sweetness of your grandmother is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say thank you a lot. It yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah. Saying thank you to people that I've known that I don't get to see anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am touched by all of your stories. I mean, I just think... There's also something to, I guess, the gravity of naming. These are all significant losses, you know, like all, all of them, Lulu and mm. really dear friends and, you know, your mom and your, your aunt, you know, like those are, those are all really significant people in your life. And so, you know, I think it, it seems like so cliche to say that like, we're going to lose everybody. Like that's just part of how life works, but but really to like have them stack up and start, you know, counting them is, it's, that's a lot to carry. And I just, uh, again, yeah. I just love and appreciate how much like lightness and, and gratitude that you carry that with, you know? Well, you know, I, 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 I was lucky. I, I have to tell you this. I've been really fortunate and it's probably easier for me than, than maybe it is for others. I don't know. But these people loved me, mm. loved me dearly. Mm. And I've been lucky in that way. You know, the people have told me all my life yeah. how much they care about me. Mm. And I know some people don't get that. Mm. And even when they don't say it, I know they mean it. And mm -hmm. People should know that, that people do care about them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it made, it's, it's made a huge difference to me. Yeah. And um, even in their deaths. Absolutely. Yeah. As you get older, you're gonna. It's it, yeah. There, it's more inevitable too. Absolutely, yeah. That yeah. that piece too. <laughs> um, but yeah, you seem to carry it quite just grace. It's due to them. What a beautiful gift yeah. from them, and then that you're passing forward to others, and carrying into you know whatever the next death might be. You know, you have all these experiences to inform, or your own death. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I, to inform all of that. Even though I told you earlier uh, off the microphone that I'm going to live to be 176, <laughs> that will come. <laughs> that day yes. will come. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you've got some blueprints and ideas about how you want that to look or what, you know. Yeah. I'd love to have a, a nice phrase that pops out at the last second, mm. but I don't know if I'll be blessed with that. I think there's a tradition of that in some, like, Zen Buddhism, I Zen, think, yeah. where they write a haiku poem at their deathbed. Um, so maybe you'll just you spontaneously produce a haiku at the end. <laughs> Have you, gosh, I wonder if I do my haiku and then it's like, oh no, no, it's like. It's, and then there's like, oh wait, actually one more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me add something else. There's, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hope it comes. I hope I get a haiku. Just, I deeply appreciate you sharing all of this. Um, and yeah, I'm curious if there's anything else that you really wanted to make sure got said or that you wanted to share with folks. No, I hope you get interviewed. I hope yeah. there is a show where you're interviewed. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I can not embarrass you, but I'm sure a lot of people, and you may have already explained this, your experiences. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had I've had a few like bits of conversation here and there within the within the podcast, um, and also I think, um, yeah, I, there's something really beautiful about the way that everybody's story 
like I can find pieces that I relate to or that like remind me of certain things. And, and actually, I guess I'll share briefly, mm-hmm. you know, when you were talking about the way that your aunt died and what she was saying, it reminded me of my grandmother, um, grandma Leona, I was in college and I wasn't there when she died, but, um, she, my family that was there with her, they were just like making phone calls to people. And so I just got this call one day in college and it was Grandma Leona and she was, she was dying. And all she said over and over again was, I love you. And it was so, I just remember being in my little dorm room, just like crying and crying and just yeah. saying, I love you too, grandma. Like, I love you. And I just imagined her doing that with all of her grandkids and nephews and, you know, her, her kids. And yeah, it just was like, wow, what a beautiful way to go. So I, that really resonated with me. And inspiring. Yeah, yeah it is. It's inspiring. It's Grandma like, Leona. Grandma Leona. Grandma Leona. Yeah. 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 Grandma Leona. Yeah. She's a special lady. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. And all your grandmas who don't do that, that's okay. Yeah. It is okay as well. <laughs> exactly. It's perfectly fine. Exactly. There's no right or wrong to these things, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so I just love that. We can all pick up and resonate with certain pieces or, yeah, or learn new things. So yep. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the very heartfelt and honest conversation. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckoning. I just want to say a couple more things. First... I want to put in a quick plug for ways you can support this project if you find it valuable. I have a Patreon site and ways to donate directly. For more information, check out my website, www.reckoningpodcast.com support. I also just want to wrap up by saying I am not an expert. I'm not here to tell people how to grieve or heal or what death is or isn't. My main goal with this project is simply to create space for us to share our stories and thoughts and feelings about death and dying. And from that collective experience, enable all of us to feel less alone in facing the challenges of grief and loss. Thank you for listening and for being brave and vulnerable and for your time. If you have any questions or comments, please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you and perhaps share your story too. (music) 